everybody. Welcome back to the Graced Podcast. This is our second episode and I'm so glad that you tuned in for this week's episode. It's going to be good. Um, I hope you've all had an amazing week. And um, as you may remember last week, we spoke about rest. That was our topic. And this week, we're going to be building on that and talking about a topic that is actually very, very close to my heart. It's something that's very precious to me because of how real the Lord has made it to me. Um, You know, I think that the things that resonate with us most often have to do with the hardships that we face. The topic that I'm speaking on today is that God doesn't set you up for failure. I'll say that again. God does not set you up for failure. You know, as we go through life, we face a lot of hardship. Life is not easy. There are difficult seasons we go through. And because we're, we're Christians and saved by the blood of Jesus, we are not immune to sickness. We aren't immune to difficulty and to hardship. And unfortunately, that is something that we very much still face. And so today... I'm going to be pulling from a scripture in Exodus, but I just want to give you some context for the scripture before I get into it. So many of you will know who Moses is. Moses Moses has quite a mighty story. He was the one that delivered the people of Israel, God's people, and, and brought them to the promised land. But we're going a little bit further back than that. You see, this scripture is in Exodus 12, verse 7 through 11. So if you want to follow along, head over to that part of the Bible. And the context for this is that God had told Moses that he needed to go and set the people of Israel free. You see, the Israelites had been held captive for 400 years as Egyptian slaves. That is a long time, 400 years as slaves. And God says to Moses, you will go and set them free. Now, I don't know about you, but when you're receiving a call from God and something that is purposed and something that he is destined to you to do, it feels a lot bigger than you. It feels daunting and it feels scary. And even if you think you're just starting to discover what that thing is and it almost frightens you a little bit, that's what this would have felt like. 400 years of oppression, being broken with one man, but God through that man. And so he went back into Egypt and had asked Pharaoh to set the Israelites free. He had done this several times, and Pharaoh said no. So God sent nine plagues, different plagues each time, locust, darkness, boils, frogs, you name it, it was there. There are levels of suffering, and the Egyptians faced all of them in that time. And you know what? Pharaoh still didn't let them go. So after the ninth plague, which was when God sent locust, he tells Moses that he's going to come through Egypt and kill the firstborn male of each family and each animal. And now that's quite a daunting thing right there. That's quite a serious thing. But God says to the Israelites, and he commands them, 
to kill a lamb. And I'm going to read the scripture to you now. Um, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. They shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled with water, but roasted in fire. Its head with its legs with its entrails you shall eat. Let none of it remain until morning. And what does remain until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste, for it is the Lord's Passover. Now this is telling the Israelites what they need to do with the lamb. They are meant to take the blood and cover their doorposts, and they are meant to eat the meat of the lamb. Now I'm going to tell you straight away that this lamb right here is a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. You see, because the Israelites were under the blood, the plagues could come nigh their dwelling. Because the Israelites were under the blood, they had deliverance. You see, it actually says at the end of each one of the plagues that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go. And you see, as I was reading this today, I said, Lord, why? <laughs> why would you harden the Pharaoh's heart and not just let your people go? And you know what he said to me? The Lord told me that deliverance comes when you sit and partake of the lamb. You see, I'll guarantee you right now that the, Is the Israelites, you see, I think, I think that when, when we think of this story, we're probably, you know, we know how it ends. We have, we have the blessing of hindsight and we get to look at it and say, oh, well, they must be so faithful knowing that this is the last, this is the last night they'll be spending in Egypt after this, they're free. But they didn't know that. They didn't know that. All they knew is that God had said that they would be delivered, but there had still been nine plagues. And with each one that passed, they still weren't free, but they were still children of oppression. They were still people that contended with their own lives because they were slaves. They had made comfort in the place where they were oppressed. But God brought them to a place where they were commanded to sit down and partake of the sacrifice that was to come, which is the lamb, which is the blood, which is Jesus Christ. And when they did that, not only did God then tell them I'm going to read from this scripture right here again. With a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. You see, when you sit down and receive of the sacrifice and the blessing and the righteousness that God has for you, you better do it getting ready to be set free and liberated from whatever oppression you're facing. Because it is in that time that God is going to move quickly. And you better get ready 
because it is in that time that God is going to change things for you. It's in that time you get your blessing, you get your miracle, because they were brought to a place where they could do nothing. They had nothing that they could bring. They had nothing they could do to set them free from the oppression that they faced. They were fully dependent on God. And it is because of that that they were set free. They were liberated. Now, you see, you've been called for something. You've been consecrated for something. You've been anointed for something. Now, I don't think that when Moses was a little boy, he thought that he was going to, to lead an entire nation out of oppression. I don't think he thought that. But when we start to come up with the, with the gridlocks for our lives, we limit our purpose in God. Because God has you anointed for something that is so special and unique and specifically tailored to you. And it's bigger than what you can understand. But do you know what you have to do? You need to sit down at the table and receive of the blessing. Receive of the sacrifice. And you know what? It's scary when you have a purpose. And through all of those plagues, through every single hardship that was faced in that time, it looked like it was going to be a failure. It looked like it wasn't going to win, and it looked like they were striving against a massive enemy. But at no point did God tell them to lose faith. At no point did God set them up to lose in every single thing that looked like a failure, God used it to build their faith and to show them how miraculous he is and how divine he is and how powerful he is. Because in every single one of the hardships we face in life, the more we try to depend on ourselves, the harder it gets. But the more we depend on God, the quicker we get delivered. And you know what? You're going to go through hard things in your life. Things aren't always going to be easy. In fact, it's very rare that things will be easy because God uses those hard moments to make you who he needs you to be to fulfill your purpose because your purpose is for more people than just you. God doesn't make your purpose to just be for you. He makes it to be for other people. And so he uses those hard things. He uses the difficult moments. But let me just ask you this right now. Let me ask you this question. And you need to be very, very honest with yourself. What is your Egypt? What is the thing that's oppressing you? What is the thing that you have built your life around and have decided to live with even though you're now walking with a limp? Even though you're now suffering, even though things are now difficult and you're not living in the full will and provision that God has for you. You know, you may have things right in 10 areas of your life, but you're a sick person and therefore you're still in your Egypt. You can have things right in so many areas of your life, but God wants you to live in all-encompassing provision. 
He wants to deliver you from whatever it is you're facing today. So you know what? When you answer that question, and it won't be hard to because when you have that thing, that one thing, that source of pain, that source of difficulty, it comes to your mind, you just try to push it down. But don't. Face it and cast it onto the Lord. Because you know what? You don't have to go through the nine plagues because the lamb has already come. The lamb has already come and Jesus has already delivered you. That's something so beautiful about that scripture is God telling us to not leave any part of the lamb until morning, but to eat all of it. All of it. And that encompasses your blessing. Pray over it. Believe it and receive it because God has it for you and you are made for things that are so much greater. Don't let the hardship that you're facing you right now hold you back. And the only way to actually not let it hold you back is to surrender it to the Lord and let him deal with it. And so I'm going to go over to a scripture in... um in Psalms. Now, this is one that you're all going to know. This is a psalm that I think everybody's grown up with and heard so many times in their lives. And sometimes when things become overly familiar, it kind of loses its power. But that's exactly why I want to talk about this beautiful, beautiful psalm today. This is Psalms 23. And you see, this psalm is broken up into three... um, Uh, what's the word, Uh, paragraphs, three little paragraphs. And so I'm going to read it to you real quick. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of my Lord forever. Do you know what what I love about this scripture? The first paragraph speaks about how he leads us, how he leads us in the paths of righteousness and we follow him. The second paragraph speaks about how we go through dark seasons, how we walk in the valley of the shadow of death. But he is there, but he comforts you, but his rod and his staff, they are there with us. And then the last one speaks of the deliverance from that season, from that season of hardship, from that season of darkness. It says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And you see, that is the part that is pre-deliverance. Notice how it doesn't say, you prepare a table for me, full stop. No, it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. That is exactly what God did for the Israelites in Egypt. 
They were living in a place of oppression and he prepared a table for them in the moment where they were needing deliverance so badly they didn't know what to do that he said, he told them to sit and eat of the provision. I'll guarantee you that this table that David talks about had on it a beautiful lamb, a roasted lamb. You see, we will never have the perfect opportunity to sit down and partake. But it's in the moments of adversity and of difficulty that it's so important that we sit down and receive of the blessing because it's in doing so we surrender and say, Lord, I can't do what I need to do to, to free myself of this. I can't do what I need to do to make me succeed in the area that you need me to. But you can, so I receive. You can do what you need to do. So I receive it. You've already given me everything I need for life and godliness. So I receive it. And then it goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil. You see, Jesus, Jesus is a symbol of oil. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he died. And the Garden of Gethsemane is, is an olive garden. And that time was a time of crushing for Jesus so he could be our oil, so he could be our consecration, our separation, our holiness, and our righteousness. So we are being anointed and being made whole and being made ready for the new thing that God has, for the success that he has appointed you for. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You see, that scripture just there could have completely taken out the middle part and just spoken about how the Lord guides us and then prepares a table, but no. It speaks about the hardship we face. It speaks about the doubt we face. It speaks about what looks like failure but how God is using it for consecration. Now, you see, I think that sometimes we kind of get very used to the thing that's holding us back, that thing that's kind of chipping a, a bit away of us at a time, you know? But that's not how God wants you to live. And he uses that thing. He uses that thing to propel you forward and to create dependency on him. And you know what? God doesn't need you to be dependent on him. But you need to be dependent on him. What's so beautiful is that God has ordained each and every one of us for a supernatural success. You are ordained for a supernatural success. But you can only reach that supernatural success if you're dependent on him and if you receive of the full blessing that he's had for you. And I just want to tell you that the thing that's been holding you back, God wants you to live unchained, unbound. There is no thing that is too small or too great for God. 
You see, we have these two complexes. Either our situation is too small and too, un too insignificant to bother the great big God about it. Or number two, our problem is way too big and way too challenging and way too enormous. It's way too much of a mountain that threatens us. But God is capable of both. Nothing is too small or insignificant for him. Do you know, if you tried to, to imagine the amount of times that God thinks about you, it would be like having to count every grain of sand on the earth. That's what the Bible tells us. He loves you. You're not too small. You're not too insignificant. You're the apple of his eye. And he wants you to live unburdened. He wants you to live in your glorified body, healthy, whole, today. He wants you to live free of anxiety. And you know what? Nothing's too big for him. Sometimes when we've lived in a problem for a long time, we kind of think that, you know, Ish. <laughs> this is a little bit untouchable now because I've lived with it for so long. But those are, the, those are the best moments because that's when you realize, man, I can actually really do nothing for this, so I give all of it to you, God. And that's when he comes in and he says, put your belt on, put your shoes on, because as soon as you eat of what I've already given you, there's going to be breakthrough and deliverance in your life. And that's what God has for you today. That's what he wants to give you now. He wants to deliver you from your Egypt and your struggle. And what the, the course of events that may have looked like failure are not. They are him setting you up in a better way for a more profound miracle and breakthrough and deliverance to happen because he's going to use your testimony. He's going to use the hardship. He's built you in those moments. So he can now carry you into the provision that he has for you as who he needs you to be. Now, before I leave you today, I, I would just like to say to you something very simple. God loves you. God cares more about your success than you ever can. God will never set you up for failure and God has a plan. And now I, I pray that God really touches you in such a profound way today and all of this week. And I want to encourage you to really think about these things. Think about what your Egypt is. But remember that when you sit down in the presence of the Lord, be ready because breakthrough is coming. Deliverance is coming. And I am praying that this is your week. This is your week of breakthrough. This is your week of deliverance. And now this, this um, topic today isn't going to be too long because it speaks enough for itself. God has enough for you. He's made you enough. And now I hope that you guys just have an incredible week and that you receive from this. And um, uh, before we leave I would also just like to encourage you to um if you got you know if you got any questions send me a message I'd love to get to know you 
I'd love to, if God's done something amazing in your life, tell me about it. I want to hear your testimonies and I want to hear about the goodness of God because if you've got a testimony for me, I would really love to share it here. I think that we can build faith and, you know, um, your testimony has the power to change somebody else's and to make somebody else's testimony. So I just want to encourage you to sit down in the presence of the Lord this week and receive fully of every blessing he has for you because he hasn't set you up to lose. He has set you up to win, to gain, and to conquer. So I hope you guys have an amazing week and um, I'll see you again next week.